1: Well, it's noches, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron ne- Kolek. You host.
0: nearly said the next generation, then. I did, I did.
1: <laughs> I am your host, uh, whatever I am. Anyways, Ron Kolek, and with me all the way from across the pond is the Mr. Parascience
0: himself, Stephen Parsons. No star, Ron, no star.
1: Uh, that's uh, what, what is that? Welsh? That's Welsh. Yeah, well, you know, that's that's like a dead language. It, it doesn't exist anymore. It's like Latin, as far as I know. You know, I mean,
0: nobody. Well, speaks Welsh. well, there are several million people in the country where I live that speak Welsh as an everyday first language. So, if you want to come over and tell them, I yeah, you know, what do you mean
1: they speak that as a first? I thought you were English over there.
0: Uh I'm English, but. Um, a lot of Welsh people do speak Welsh as their first language. Well, I, oh, I'm all not getting all it. of our road signs are in, so all of our road signs, printed media are all in both languages. Really? Yep.
1: So it's like Quebec. You, you can't get over being part of another greater country, so you just kind of like hold your own independence.
0: No, I think the Welsh are just trying to kick back against the fact that the English have occupied them for the last nearly thousand years.
1: You know what? I can't get that. I mean, occupied it for a thousand years. I don't get that. If it's occupied, how can you be occupied? You're part of a country now. You're part of a greater country. You're not occupied. You're you're part of a greater
0: country, my friend. Well, you and you and. You and I, um, sensible people might say that, but people who live in Scotland and Wales are hell bent on breaking up the United Kingdom into its constituent parts. And to be honest, as an English person, um, whose parliament tends to pay for most of the taxes, pay for most of this, um, I'm kind of in favour of it. If they want independence, give it them.
1: I, I mean, we fought a a a, uh, a big war for that. In fact, uh, Gettysburg was one of the we lost more Americans, I think, than any other battle in any history for the United States, and that was our own against our own. And and you know, that's our past. We're you know, we're a country now, and I don't I don't understand that. I just I have a problem with that. I, I just, you know, the past is the past, and this is the present. And, <laughs>
0: Well, it's it's all, over here, it's it's mostly politically driven by the, you know, we have the Scots and the Welsh nationalists who who are sort of, you know, seemingly held, but we're having a referendum or the Scots are having a referendum in 2014 to decide whether they should become, uh, come out of the union and therefore become independent. So, so what do you gain by this? I don't don't understand. You know, the English will actually gain um, probably quite a lot because we pay a huge amount of money in taxes to prop up the uh, Parliament of Wales and Scotland. Mm -hmm. So, um, if they want independence, and you know. I, I don't understand it myself. We've been a, a united, you know, uh, a union really? of three, three net, four nations, three nations, for 200 years plus, and now uh, people want to break it into its into its constituent parts again.
1: No, I mean, I'll probably get some crap for this, but I mean, it's just, you know, I, I'm, as, as being a person from America, it's hard for me to understand. So uh, that's that's kind of where I'm coming from. So, I mean, I'm sure they have that. And I would love to hear the reasons behind it. But I mean, like I said, we fought a civil war over our union. And, you know, it's 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 that's dead and buried. It's you know, it's the present. It's the future. Uh, you know, you know. Eventually, well, look at the Euro U- Union for whatever it's one way or the other. Uh, you know, it, the world is is it's really a world society now rather than a little country society when we're together.
0: Well, it's it's a political thing. I don't profess to understand it, um, but there is a huge move within the United Kingdom um, to devolve into the constituent countries and in fact there are actually parts of England um, big counties like Yorkshire and Cornwall who are also suggesting that they too should be independent oh my god or whatever yeah. I don't know but there you go uh, it's all
1: yeah so that's all, all paranormal grist to the mill. it's all
0: grist to the mill um, you know what it,
1: it's all paranormal Halloween coming up <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Uh, actually I, I wanted to talk about a couple of things and uh, uh the, the first thing that that I did want to talk about is we did an investigation um, last night. Uh, we get called in uh, by a, uh, a I don't know what they are. I guess they're a website con- company or whatever. They asked us to do an investigation that they were wanted to record. So whatever. So we went to this old building that I grew up with in, in Lowell, which is really close to us which is great because usually you have to travel two hours just to go anywhere so um, it was a four and a half story building plus um, a basement and two buildings combined together and a tunnel so it was really really interesting and we just went in primarily as a a preliminary investigation where, you know, it's kind of like a walkthrough and we had a medium with us for whatever you believe. And, uh, we got our impressions and took pictures and all that stuff. So, I mean, you ever do anything like that or, or do you even give credence to anything like that? When you just do a walkthrough?
0: Yeah. I mean, certainly for, um, media type productions and, um, it, it is just that it, it's a one night walkthrough, through um quick look at what 's happening, and I guess also what 's important, particularly with the media um, investigation, is that you can use it or I try to use it to uh, perhaps put across you know some elements of why we 're there and you know what we hope to achieve by being there, albeit that we can 't actually you know necessarily achieve that in a single visit um but i think you know those sort of particularly this time of year while interest is high in the paranormal and, and ghosts and hauntings i think it's a great opportunity to to use en- um i'm going to say that f- that word i'm so fond of um use education for or entertainment for education so mm-hmm. you know and en- edutainment is that is is a good thing yeah
1: yeah so i mean on a, on a thing like this that we do um Steve, we we're a little bit different. I mean, I'm not afraid to look at the the uh, mediumship and the uh, the mediumistic ability of certain people and and see what information they get. and And I find that intriguing because you know I hate to say this, but you know, after doing this after a while, you I think everybody develops this little bit of mediumistic ability. Uh, and, <laughs> I don't. No, I don't. I don't know, Stephen. I think that... Uh,
0: I think well, was, I, I think uh, well was... You know what the surprising thing is? And, and I know I've said this before, it's a bit of a revelation once, but um, some years ago I discovered that um, on my father's side, um, quite a lot of my uh, relatives are at sort of grandparent level. So great aunts and uncles, um, my own grandmother... Um, we're all active spiritualists, and several of them were were actually quite um, renowned mediums um, within the spiritualist church. Really. So, so you know, I, I've got nothing against mediumship, and you know, we've talked about it before, where I've said that the medium is, you know, could be used as part of the investigation, and there is certainly, you know, very very compelling accounts. Where it would be foolish and naive to dismiss the ability of mediumship, um, I remain at the moment in the in the position where, except for one or two instances, I've never been in a position where I've been blown away by anything a medium has said. Right, um, and and I don't honestly think I'm being overly sceptical. I think I'm you know just looking at it broadly. Um, but I do recognize that there are you know, there are good accounts well researched well documented accounts um, of mediums who seemingly do the inexplicable and um, that would also hold true for accounts of survival you know there are There are accounts with, in the in the records and the archives where it is very difficult to come to any other conclusion um, other than we survive bodily death. But I think in terms of what what I do as a ghost hunter, um, you know, mediums and spiritualism, I think that's actually or should be entirely separate from ghost investigation. And realistically, until the TV, until Derek Cora came along with Most Haunted, um, you almost never saw mediums on ghost hunts. Really, um, I mean, Harry Price did take mediums into or me, uh, spiritualist methods were used um in haunted houses, but you never had the situation where mediums would become ghost investigators or would join ghost investigation teams or lead ghost investigation teams. You um, know, it always struck me as rather surprising because you know, in terms of being a medium and a spiritualist, why are you looking for a ghost when you already, as part of your belief structure it, you know um believe that they're there you know well, it's, you I, believe I, in survival you believe in yeah uh, spirits so, yeah sure
1: but it it's that's not the i mean if you're doing an investigation for instance it, may, I think maybe that's the difference maybe we're looking at at things differently or, or we're talking about two different uh things and if we do an investigation which means you get called in Granted, this was a media thing. You get called into a place that is supposedly haunted. And the way I look at it, you're trying to uh, either find evidence or dig up information on the, you know, the haunting there. Uh, So a medium can, yeah, they believe in that. So that's why they're good, because they can go in and get certain impressions. Uh, do you know what
0: I'm saying? It's yeah, like it's the, up in Yeah, but that's an assumption-led approach because you are already assuming that um, or there is the assumption being made that in order to understand what's taking place, you need to um, have, you know, you, you've assumed that there's a spirit or a ghost involved when in actual fact, the way I approach an investigation is mm-hmm. I take, I take the, the, the evidence, the account of the people who who have asked me to get involved and then look at uh, starting at the most likely and working to the least likely. So first of all, it it eliminates all of the normal, known, mundane and see what's left. And if what's left is suggestive of... So so
1: seriously, I understand that. That's cool. All right. So how do you do that, though? That's what what I'm interested in. Okay. How do you do that? So someone comes to you and says, I think my, uh, my, cottage, my uh, cottage cheese shop is haunted. Can you, okay. can you uh, look at it? So, I mean, what do you do?
0: All right. Well, the first thing, obviously, is to go and meet them, uh, have a chat to them very informally, get to know them, let them get to know us so we can build a working relationship. Uh, the next thing is, is to take an account a history of what they've been experiencing um, and, you know, document that. The next thing would be to see what we can test. For example, if they are hearing things or seeing things, we need to see if we can hear and see the same things. Um, So focusing in on trying to have the same experience that they're having once we, once we, you know, hopefully have that experience, we can document that experience ourselves. That might give us an understanding or suggest some idea of what might be taking place. For example, we might be able to identify the cause um, from experience or from, from our own sort of knowledge base. Um, if not, we might, things might, uh, might be suggested that might be worth looking at. For example, um, some of the, something within the environment that we know from our own and others' research might cause these effects. So we look at those and eliminate those. It's it's, a, it's rather like throwing balls at the coconut shy. Once we've knocked down as many coconuts that we can, we see what's left. And if we can't find a reasonable, rational explanation for it, then possibly, and I say possibly, we're starting to deal with the paranormal. Okay. But it's a, it's a, it's a stepwise process. And if we go back to our guest of a few weeks ago, Brian, who was the archaeologist, I, I, I dabbled in a little amateur archaeology many years ago, and I always remember something that a term that archaeologists use um, that, that that applies equally to, to what we do as ghost investigators, and that's we work from the known towards the unknown. We don't start in the middle of the, you know, the unknown and dig, dig in every direction in the hope that we find something in the field. We start from a rock, a wall, a fixture, and work out from that. So we start with the accounts of the original witnesses, what they're experiencing, and we use that as the basis of the whole investigation. And we test that claim. You know, could they, could they have actually seen what they see, uh, claim to have seen? Because oftentimes people will, will give you an account, but when you check it out, it doesn't actually hold water because you realise being in the same place that they are, they couldn't possibly have seen what they claim to have seen. No. So that would open up possibilities as to, for example, they may have been hallucinating or dreaming or in an altered consciousness state. Right. Um, or, you know, if we can hear the same, say, for example, it's a, it's a sound event. If we can be there and we can hear it and we can record it too, um, then we might be able to identify it. And there's a quick, just just before I shut up for a minute um to ghost girl does steve believe in ghosts um actually i do <laughs> very much i wouldn't have wasted the last 30 odd years of my life doing it if i didn't believe there was something to look for
1: oh cool so i mean so i understand that so you're going more to disprove things is, is that what i'm hearing or are you just being totally open-minded when you're going in
0: absolutely on the fence open-minded um and that's something i've 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 actually trained to do i've trained myself to do because it's very easy to let your own uh preconceptions ideas uh conclusions get colored the way that an investigation goes you know if i were to assume that the person i'm speaking to is is mad or is making it up then that will color the way that investigation takes place i think it's important that you don't um, it's very important that, that um, in terms of an investigation, uh, you right. take what you're given at absolutely face value. It's, I, I remember from my, from my nursing days, um, another sort of useful line that um, was, uh, relates to pain, because pain is very, very difficult to measure. And within medicine, pain is as real as the patient reports it to be. Um, and is as severe as the patient reports it to be. So whatever the witness tells me is their experience. I initially accept it at full face value.
1: I understand. So you go in, you're open-minded. Okay, understand that. You you try to you do your interviews. You you uh, go through. You try to uh, recreate. I guess even. These are at least attain the same experiences as whoever the client is in the uh, cottage cheese cottage that we are yeah. investigating. And uh, then what? I mean, w- what if there, there are you've checked off all the normal boxes, as Richard Fields like to say, or ticked off all the normal boxes? What if there is some to the left?
0: Well, that that's where it's, I think, it's, it's, it's most interesting because it's the something left after we've ticked off all the normal boxes that we're really, really. That's the nub, isn't it, Ron? That's what we're there for. Right. Because we're getting as close as, you know, we're as close as we're likely to get to the paranormal and to understanding it. And mm-hmm. we're not going to be wasting our time looking at the normal stuff because we've eliminated that now. And so we right. can focus all our. Efforts and energies on trying to understand this thing that we don't understand.
1: Well, so I'm I'm trying to think. Okay, so you've got these no, uh, uh, non 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 normal, all right. I hate to say it, paranormal boxes that have been unchecked or, or
0: whatever. And do you explore them further? We, we yeah, absolutely. I mean, once we've eliminated. Um, once we've knocked down the normal coconuts, yeah. we will expend every effort that we can and, you know, running into and we have done thousands of hours looking at this or trying to knock down these this this final coconut um, trying to understand what keeps it there, what, what holds it up, why we can't hit it. And, you know, we look at, you know, every every possible mechanism to understand it. Um, mm-hmm. and, that, and that will involve and has involved using mediumship, and that will and has involved using uh, quite advanced uh, science, looking at you know, every conceivable idea and suggestion, sometimes even quite off-the-wall ones, to try and get a, some angle, some grip of, of this thing that we don't understand. Right. And you can tell that we still don't understand it, and so we failed.
1: We still do. We we still won't, and I don't think we ever will.
0: Uh, no, to be with you. but we. But what's interesting is we do have a greater understanding of the normal. We do, and that's and that's where paranormal investigators can actually help because whilst you know we don't have the equipment to measure ghosts, and we don't really know what what it is we're measuring anyway. That's true. Um, parapsychology and psychical research have given us a great understanding into, for example how the environment can cause people to have experiences that they might think are paranormal or how people can be uh tricked or um or even manipulate the
1: situation the interesting thing in in, in this i mean we we had this experience last night so uh, like, like i said i do use a medium and and i believe that a lot of people on our team are now developing mediumistic ability and I think it's just because of what you know so many hours in the field like, or whatever or whatever the reason is um, you know you have experience like for instance last night the medium picked up on these two gentlemen that had a fight over a woman one of the guy's wives and one killed the other now there is no information out there about this that, I mean, where does it come from? That's the thing that intrigues me. And does that mean that these spirits are haunting this place? Still, so are they still there? Because she's come up with this information.
0: I, I think that has to be a possibility, but I would, I would, I would ask another question. Yeah, please go. Um Ba- based on what you just said, the, the, the media picked up on, on two men fighting. Now, I could apply that to a 200 um, a year old pub not very far away from where I am now. Yeah. Where there is a, the same. So, how many other locations could that same uh, thing, that same story apply to? And then by, you know, uh, by. Sheer luck, coincidence—call it what you like. Yeah, if you, you know, it's I mean, also. I mean, I
1: totally understand that, Steve, and I really do. And yes, a lot of these things could be generally applied. But it's not like you go into every building and say, "Okay, I see two men fighting over a woman, and one kills the other." Okay, and, and we got, actually they got into more details. It was something about an elevator, one being pushed down, and, and believe it or not, that's what, what the story is about. But, anyways, I mean, you don't say the same same stuff in every building you know you don't say okay i see two men fighting over a woman
0: and do, you know what i mean that's this very specific. absolutely situation. absolutely it is very specific but we're also we're also very very good at picking up um cues and triggers from around us so you're not going to start talking about um, a civil war soldier in the 19th. or you're less likely to talk about the ghost of a civil war soldier in a building built in 2005, than if you are in Antietam on the battlefield. Right. You are picking up you know, from from you know the location that you're not picking up psychically, but you're looking at the location and it's suggesting things. You know, it, over here, you know, uh, it's a medieval castle. You're more likely to pick up the spirits relating to the location. Um, now, that, that doesn't mean to say that ghosts, you know, relevant to the location don't haunt don't the places, and it's not saying that mediumship is, is, is fake. But what I, you know, I, I would suggest that mediumship is actually, if it, if it exists at all, and there is, as I said before, good evidence to suggest it might. Um, if we thought that, mediumship was... Exactly, but I'd suggest it's a lot less controllable than mediums would have us believe, and a lot more spontaneous. And what you might—I agree, I agree, agree. absolutely—what you might be seeing with your um, observation that people are becoming more psychic is that when, when you spend a lot of time in old buildings and people who are interested in history spend a lot of time on in old bu- old buildings Ooh. or people who are interested in battlefields spend a lot of time, um, you know, in that sort of environment. You read about it. You become more in tune with it. You empathize with it more. And if people are out in these locations week in, week out, then maybe they are just becoming more em- empathic towards the location. I know, but
1: wh- who says mediumship isn't really empath-, empath? I can't even say it. Empathicism.
0: <laughs> well, it might be. It might well be. And and so, your observation that people are, be- are developing more mediumistic ability is, you know, perfectly valid. And it might be that they're becoming more empath- empathic, right. um but, but, and know- that might be me. And that might be mediumship itself.
1: I know we're coming up to the break. Yeah, we don't know what ship is, which is another story in itself. But I know we're just about coming up to like thirty seconds to break. But um, you know, we we're in this building. It's a big old building called the Pollard Exchange. Okay, so I'm up on the third floor, and I'm, I go to one section of the building, and all of a sudden I feel like I want to bounce. I want to, I want to move like a, a child, or or even over like dancing, and and, and I, I get this feeling, and I really have no clue i mean here we are in a dock building and, and this happened in his tunes so what did i find out i found that that war happened to be a chance but, so anyways we've got to take a break right now and we'll be right back you are listening to ghost chronicles international with mr parascience himself Stephen parsons in new england's own van helsink ron kolik right here on Parax ghost channel and told you that we'll be right back
0: An oasis in this hectic
1: world. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal.
0: The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange. Street. So grab your favorite rule. it's time to rendezvous, as we give awards to the Barrett X family. Take 6,427.
1: Alright. Hi, I'm Ron Kolick, author and lead investigator of the New England Ghost Project, New England's own Van Helsink.
0: And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the blonde bombshell, and I'm the lead investigator of East Bridgewater's Maltonten.
1: And we'd like to invite you to tune in...
0: Ghost Chronicles, The Next Generation...
1: Every Wednesday night... At 7
0: p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com.
1: So, so Ann, are, what are they going to hear on this stupid show?
0: What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening.
1: Like, uh, Beyond Bizarre.
0: And cemetery tripping.
1: Oh, that's your deal, right?
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, one of these days you're gonna get uh, so scared of one of these cemetery tripping things that uh, I'll have to get a new (laughs) co-host.
0: I am brave beyond
1: belief. Yeah, we'll see. Scares me. So, anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles: Next Generation with Anne and Ron. See you then. Everything you heard about witches
0: is true. Halloween is the time of year when the shades of the dead whisper from forgotten places. Spirits walk among us. The Witches of Salem, Massachusetts, honor this time with Festival of the Dead, an annual event series that explores death's macabre customs, heretical histories, and strange rituals. Founded by Salem Witches, Sean Porter, and Christian Day, and hosted by the foremost authorities on the spirit world, Festival of the Dead beckons guests who step through the to a mysterious realm where spirits await you. To learn more or to purchase tickets, visit festivalofthedead.com or call 978 740 9783.
1: Happy Halloween! <laughs> and we are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with the dapper Mr. Steve Parsons of Parascience and the humble Mr. Van Helsing from New England. So here you go. Uh, right here on TojiNet, uh, Ghost Channel, Parax and beyond. So anyway, so comment on that, my last statement. Um. Remind
0: me of your last statement. You forgot it. I know you will. You never listen to it. I forgot it. I was checking out the chat room to see if we had any more questions. No, do we?
1: Oh, yeah. And speaking about the chat room, there's there's a guy in there, uh, Brian from the UK, and he's like all over mediums, right? But he's totally different uh, than, for instance, the way we use them. We're not talking about like in a gallery setting, setting, where we're asking questions of people and trying to do a cold reading or whatever. I mean, when we use a medium, for instance, last night when we used the medium, she just came with us. We went through the building, and she just totally gave us the impressions, and then we attempted to communicate. And that's another story. We'll go into that a little later if we have time. But it's not like you're, you're you know, feeding questions, but you made a good point about empath, say, empath, yeah, empathic stuff.
0: <laughs> it's it's, a, it's a not a pleasant word, that, is it? Empathy. 50, 50. So, anyways, um, yeah, I can see... I, I remembered what you said now. Okay. Um, it, it, it reminded me, actually, of a case that we did. Um, oh. th- this, where um, it completely flummoxed us um, for a while, because in one particular, on one particular occasion, um, in, a, in an area of, of uh, a location we had people reporting a sudden desire to sing um and really? music in the head it wasn't the same tune uh, unfortunately oh. but this it, all of a sudden uh, at the end of a session uh, people coming in have been saying that they you know they, they had this idea of music in their head and they wanted to sing and they wanted That's to hum along and tap the feet and it, it 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 perplexed us and it happened a second time uh, several weeks later same now, location. Same location. Yeah. Now, fortunately, on that second occasion, we ha- would brought along some um, more advanced sound recording equipment. Okay. What we dis- and uh, we always note the weather. And what we discovered, uh, much to our surprise, uh, was that both nights had been windy. And the wind was blowing through some industrial equipment nearby, and it was barely audible, but it was making musical tones, rather like blowing over a bottle. Oh, so uh,
1: you think it was like uh, sublim- subliminal?
0: Uh, we we couldn't obviously we we it didn't happen a third time, uh, <laughs> but then we never got the weather conditions quite the same. Yeah, that's but the it, we do it. It does, you know, it does beg the suggestion. Was it sub- this subliminal sound? Mm-hmm. That was causing people to, you know, start thinking musically. Now, right. that I, I don't know what would, what, what subliminal things would make you want to start bouncing and dancing around the place, but mm-hmm. um, <laughs> no, that's pretty sad. But it, oh. but it does suggest that, you know, possibly uh, there are things that, you know, interact with us that that we're not necessarily aware of right. uh, that cause us to do these odd, bizarre things.
1: Well, you know, if we go back to Richard's stone tape theory and everything else, maybe uh-huh. there is energy that's trapped in certain locations and certain materials, certain structures and certain weather conditions or atmospheric conditions or, or electromagnetic conditions that releases these and, and we can pick them up even though we're not aware that we are picking them up. I mean, this is so cool when you think about it. Uh, it's just phenomenal what what all this stuff could be.
0: Well, it is, but I, I've always had a problem with the stone tape. Um,
1: really? Oh, this is cool. The, well, the pro- Richard Bilks <laughs> come over here and straighten you out.
0: Well, no, 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 no. Richard and I've had this discussion many, many times. Um, but my problem is uh, um, looking purely at the physics is mm-hmm. I can't make I can't make it work. Now, I know that people say, yeah, well, you know, there's iron oxide in stuff and there's iron oxide on videotape and yeah. blah, blah, blah. But the, pr- the basic problem is is, um, not how you get the recording onto the iron oxide. That's easy. Um, you know. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, you know. How black, do you, how how they, do you get? On the battery can give up sounds. Because, yeah, because in terms of your VCR, you used quite a complicated electromechanical machine in order to extract the information from this, uh, the tape mm-hmm. and play it out through a speaker. Now, in terms of the stone tape, let's, let's lay aside this, this projector idea that, that, that Richard's using, but how do you get <laughs> the recording off of the stone? Now, musing, well, on, that, musing on that idea... Uh, I discovered that there actually there might be a mechanism for a different type of uh, tape theory, the water tape, because it was discovered uh, a long time ago by quite an eminent French researcher um, that water appears to have memory. Uh, He was doing studies into uh, homeopathy, and he discovered Japanese
1: guy.
0: No. He's followed up, but this was a French researcher, Jack Benvenista, okay. um, and he published a paper, um, and he got ridiculed for it and slam-dunked by his uh, peers, but he, sure suggested, he suggested that water has a memory. Now, if water has a memory or the ability to record memory, then the building, the stone, the brick, the wood, the fabric of the, of the, you know, the structures around us contain quite a high percentage of water. Now, in- interestingly, so do we. And, mm. and the problem then was, well, how do you get the recording from inside the brick to inside us? Well, that's easy. We breathe in water vapor. The w- that will then cross the, the uh, lung blood barrier and thence the brain blood barrier. So it might be that we're just inhaling memories. True. And it's a mechanism that, that... It's got more going for it than the stone tape. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, and then, of course, it's...
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's completely, it's, as I said at the time, it was a completely wacky idea, but... No, no, no. It's not as wacky in what we do, because... Exactly. They, they do um, <laughs> but, you know, some guy said, you know, demonstrated... He demonstrated that water appears to have a memory. It's an effect that many people have taken seriously, and, in fact, NASA even looked at the possibility of using water as a memory medium on deep space flights. Right. So if water can can retain memory of thoughts and emotions, then water would be a better common medium between us and a lump of brick. True, true. Because it's common to both. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: But then again, you know, if if water, um, I don't know, uh, it's hard to say because the water you have now isn't the same water you had a hundred years ago. It's it's you know changed, no. you know That's millions of times.
0: True. Correct. But but the molecules but the water... have been redone. Re. That's right. But, what, but the water tape actually takes that into consideration because what's interesting about some hauntings is they tend to fade over time, and the if you if and you take it that's,
1: that's a very good point if you take it uh, very that,
0: good if you, if, you, if you take it that the original memory was laid down uh, 100 years ago, and over time it's been locked inside the fabric of the building and little by little not only is it as uh, water evaporated but but the memory has transferred and copied to successive water molecules and so with each rather like making copies of a vcr it gets it gets you know increasingly uh, fainter a, a poorer second generation third generation fourth generation copy until in effect there's no copy left at all so the ghost mm-hmm. has faded, the haunting has faded away. But what's also interesting in some some paranormal cases, um, certainly over here and possibly you've also come across them over there, is people start knocking walls down and remodeling buildings and all of a sudden the ghost comes to life again. Yeah. Is that because they're releasing water that's locked deeper within the core of the building? Ooh. And how many ghosts and hauntings, Do you know that are associated with water where the where the tape is constantly refreshed and renewed?
1: Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. I mean, when you look at it, too, I mean, energy that we're putting off the you see me the way you see me. The view, the sounds, those can be bouncing around forever and ever. I mean, if you go up into the stratosphere, you'll hear old radio waves and stuff like else. Is it possible that our images, our uh, noises ca- can do the same thing? And, and go sound,
0: well, f- physics says that sound probably can't because it will, you know, the, at some point the, the sound wave will it. Well, it will attenuate to the point of being, you know, negligible but it, the if you go out outside later uh, it's dark here but later for you and look at the sky you're looking back in time every every radio transmission um every brain electrical wave every mm-hmm. <laughs> you know emission from planet earth is out there right. um so you know if you if if, if you were on the outside, looking back at planet Earth, and you had a highly sensitive electromagnetic receiver, you would be able to listen to our radio communications, um, monitor our bio rhythms, etc., etc., etc. But again, you'd be looking back in time. Right.
1: So, anyways, I mean, this
0: cool, is, isn't it?
1: All <laughs> this we're talking about, and of course, I, I noticed Brian is is right on this again. Uh, he, glad he's listening to the show. You know that.
0: <laughs> Um, he is. He is listening to the show.
1: Yeah, I know he is. That's what I mean. That's. I'm very happy he is, and he wants to get involved. Um, but he goes into uh, quite a bit about well, what if a drought? How does that affect uh, the water tape theory, and and uh, also how does it affect the camera and other mechanical devices that record them? Well,
0: what, what, when I originally wrote the article, which is on the Parascience website, um, oh, cool.
1: Why don't you
0: give that out, Steve, so if anybody wants to... Okay, it's www.parascience.org.uk. And if you use a sitemap and look at water tape um, or water memory, you'll find the the full article. It was written as a muse, and some people, and it it makes it quite clear that this was, you know... uh, how do we make the stone tape work? Is it possible to make it work? Because, mm-hmm. you know, um, it doesn't explain everything, but, it, you know, it, it did interestingly explain some some of the, the, you know, some aspects of hauntings.
1: All uh, the stuff that, that we just talked about, it really is geared for the residual haunting, one, one yeah. that's interesting. Not,
0: so, so my response to Brian would, would simply be, ghosts might not all have the same mechanism. So the, the water tape idea would explain possibly those type of phenomena. It wouldn't explain ones that were uh, interactive. electromagnetic or interactive in a different way. Yeah. Right.
1: I, I agree totally in that. Uh, the, the, I mean, that's why I love what I do, Steve, and I think you do too, is just that the, the possibilities, the theories – so fascinating they so vast there are there are ones we haven't even even thought of yet i mean it's just it's just simply amazing and every and i've really enjoyed doing the show with you because you and i are not necessarily alike but yet we're not necessarily different either and we we come up with some really great stuff and and speaking of the show i was on itunes last week and it was number 13 in our uh, category, which was kind of cool.
0: Oh, that's lucky. Lucky 13. I think it, it goes back to what we were saying earlier, doesn't it, about uh, the fascination for ghost hunting is is that perpetual problem-solving, that, that idea of trying to get some grasp on that final coconut. What's keeping it there? How do we get rid of it? What's it made of? Is it the coconut? Um, yeah. You know, that's the, these are the, as I said before, we will use every tool at our disposal. We'll, you know, mediumship, extreme science, and sometimes the plain bizarre in, in, because, you know, we might be dealing with the plain bizarre and it might be, uh, you know, that's the only, the only way we're going to get a grip of it. I mean, some of them, you know, logic, common sense, and good sound practice. Uh, do, do pointers very strongly, you know, it, I, away from certain things, like the fact that, you know, we set up a $30 meter on a table and then we chat to it, or we fiddle with the top of the mag light and we talk to the flashing light. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're just wasting time um, doing that. And um, we also have some dice rolling to do as well. Just oh, my God. The time. Yeah, but <laughs>
1: You know, the interesting thing, and I know myself, and in since I've started doing this, and it's been, I don't know, 12, 14 years now, or whatever, earnestly, um, my beliefs have changed during the time in that uh, being open-minded, always open-minded, and, and trying to understand everything that I become involved with my beliefs have changed from that first day when I first started looking for ghosts to now. So, I mean, a lot of people will tell you everything is black and white out there, but I, I believe that if you just try to put everything in those little boxes that it, it, it doesn't fit, you really have to look a little bit beyond those boxes.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I'm like you um, in terms of opinion and the difference um, now to when I started um, is unrecognisable. Um, because I think when you're dealing with what you and I deal with and what, what you know the, uh, Brian and Roy and all the others out in the chat room deal with, you are constantly having to evolve uh, your ideas, your opinions, you know, it's like being a chameleon um you know one week you're a believer the next week you're a skeptic then you're a believer then you're a i don't i don't really know and backwards and forwards as the the evidence pulls you in different directions um you know staying staying open-minded is incredibly difficult oh
1: absolutely but yeah i noticed uh we get off a water memory a little bit but there was a question from the uh sailing cat in the Pararex chat room, and she said, uh, there was a theory by a Japanese scientist. I think that was a motto or something like that is. That's right. it. And uh, he says that uh, water holds memory probably due to an electrical charge of some
0: sort is that's right okay that's exactly what Ben Vanister also said that he believed that the, that the memory was implanted into water uh, by an electromagnetic um, mechanism in terms of shaking, which will generate electrostatic forces. And, um, and others have done research, including the grand, uh, another scientist. who's the grandson of Alf, uh, Alfred, uh, I can't remember his name now, uh, quite a, a grandson of another famous, Schweitzer, Alf, Al, uh, Albert Schweitzer. Uh, oh, love- his, grand, his grandson is also um, sort of been, has been doing um, research into the idea of water memory. Right. So it's not not necessarily that far fetched, but you know I do stress that this was just you know me trying to make the water the the stone tape work because you know uh, looking at the idea that brick can record we, uh, and, and play back uh, just didn't seem to work for me, and so I was okay. looking at other and, mechanisms.
1: And 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 you may you may be wrong in in that there may be a mechanism that we're not aware of that does absolutely absolutely. Okay. I mean, I was just, I was we just, you know. That. that we can be wrong. We, we're yeah. not, you know, cause this, there, there is no.
0: Yeah. I mean, people who read the article on the parascience website will see that point right at the end that, you know, it's a probably untestable and b just the ramblings of a deranged mind trying to get to grips with, you know, that coconut problem again.
1: Mm. I think we should devise a, a, some experiment that we can do this and, and have the uh, well, listeners actually have attempted to do it. Maybe we can collect some data on it. So anyways, we we have our Zendice uh, uh, experiment coming up. So if you want to grab your pen and paper and uh, take part of this, so we, you know, if you just enter. Oh, I love that sound. Anyways, uh, so go get your pen and paper. and That's the uh,
0: ice in the gin and tonic. Uh, there you go. I'm,
1: I'm all over that. So, I mean, before we do this, while people are getting their pen and paper, you have uh, anything coming up uh, over the next weekend? I'm sure you do.
0: Yes, I'm have got. i I'm, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow and Thursday because arriving tomorrow to spend uh, a couple of days with me is uh, com- a fellow countryman of yours, Ron. Um, he's a journalist from the Wall Street Journal. Oh, cool. And he's coming over to spend a couple of days to do a feature on paranormal investigators um so i'm looking forward to uh, showing him round my part of the world and um hopefully giving him a few uh sort of uh hints and tips about how to hunt ghosts um might be the, i didn't know the wall street journal but, um ever took these sorts of things um on board so that was quite quite a surprise uh, and what I'm looking forward to, and then well, of course we next. To a, next
1: at least you went to a good man that will,
0: you know. Yeah, I, I, at first, I mean, you can imagine the the, the phone call. Uh, Hi, I'm from the Wall Street Journal. I want to do a, uh, a piece on you about paranormal investigation. Uh, you can imagine my first thoughts, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> almost my first response. But no, no, it's absolutely genuine. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking forward to that, and then of course we've got Halloween next week, where I'll be joining forces with Cal, um, who you, oh, Cal's you, alive. Cal's alive. He's still doing important wall work, and also um, another another um, uh, one that you know and uh, know very well is Ross. Ross Bartlett uh, oh, yeah. is also heading down to. We're Are all you? heading down to Portsmouth for the Naked Ghost Hunt. Woo! Take pictures. Yeah, uh, where we will all be fully clothed. Oh, bummer you have disappointed a lot of women out there. Uh, well, we might persuade Cal and Ross. There you go. What about you for Halloween? I mean, you guys over there do it so well. I've got like six events over the next, uh, yeah, week or so. yes. uh, yeah. you do. And it's like professional Halloween over there.
1: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's, uh, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing a lecture right now on the next community college, um, on oh, oh god I forget the Wednesday, uh, to one hour lecture at noontime and doing um, then I'm doing a three hour lecture in uh, mini ghost hunt at uh, Middlesex Junior College. So um, is Halloween
0: is Halloween bigger than Thanksgiving?
1: Oh, we absolutely.
0: I thought, yeah. I, well, you know I... the,
1: the interesting thing about Halloween, Halloween is like a party versus uh, Thanksgiving is like a tradition. Yeah. 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 It's Halloween's the second largest
0: uh, holiday in in the. End. No, it's cool. I, I've been over there at ha- at Halloween um, uh, about ten years ago, and it was the coolest time. Uh, it, you guys just do it so well. Mm-hmm. We're catching up though. We are catching up. Very
1: good. And tomorrow night I'm doing uh, Dining with the Dead at the Wyndham Restaurant with uh, Jason. Jose, Jose yeah, Jason Robitaille. Roberto, who is actually uh, one of the largest collector, collectors of Ouija boards. So he's going to be doing a presentation and he'll have some of the antique boards with him. And at the end of the night, of course, we're going to do a little Ouija board session to see who wants to win the restaurant. So, oh, well, if I,
0: if, if I make it across the pond, I'll bring some of my antique Ouija boards with me then. Really? So are we going to do these dice before the pizza bell uh, goes?
1: Yeah, I guess we have to. I guess we have to. So anyways, everybody get their uh, pen and paper ready. So, Okay,
0: just a the reminder, there are, there are five Zena symbols, which is the cross, the star, the circle, the wavy line, and the square. But the dice having six faces has one extra symbol, which will not be revealed just yet. So and, I will roll,
1: I'll roll the dice. S- wait a minute. We send the results where?
0: To contact, uh, hang on, info at calcooper.com. You sure it's not contact? Contact at calcooper.com. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's contact at calcooper.com. <laughs> We're a good team. 28,000 he he's had so far. I'm sure he has. And I just heard the bell, so I better get this done fairly quickly. So okay. Dice, dice number one. Done. Dice number two done dice 3 dice 4 and finally dice 5 okay Ooh. done there you go that's tonight's live contact at calcooper.com and
1: every every uh intrigue gets put into a drawing where we will give a prize out and a fabulous prize it's absolutely fabulous what was that was that a six drawing
0: there uh, no 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 I was putting the dice away till next week oh okay and we're getting messages now saying everybody else heard the pizza bell too so we better get a move on so I guess it's
1: time to wrap it up then uh, looks like oh, actually, it. actually we're okay. We still got about a minute left.
0: So. Well, I thought so as well, but I heard a bell, and somebody else, Heath, in the chat room said they heard a bell. So, really, that's the pizza bell—a paranormal, bell. A uh, paranormal pizza. pizza bell. So it happens, but whatever.
1: Anyways, I, I do want to mention I have one more event coming up this Saturday, which I'm really excited about, and that's where we're going to mix magic and paranormal experiments together to attempt to unveil the identity of Jack. The ah i remember this one including harry houdini and i've just added
0: sir arthur corning doyle ah that sounds like that sounds like you guys have so so much more fun over there we just did boring ghost hunts Ah, that's that's last year Uh, it's very passe now is it ghost hunting yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like the Welsh language is dead. Ghost in <laughs> <last day. laughs> you've heard it of- here, ladies Back. and gentlemen, from Van Helsing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, you have been listening. Thank you so much, uh, Stephen. And once again, uh, no, you can you. be proud of number thirteen in our category Carrag- on iTunes. And uh, it's time to wrap it up for Ghost Chronicles International with Mr. Parascience Steve Posin and New England's own Van Helsing Ron Kolick. Right here on Parax. Told you that. Ghost Channel and beyond. And remember Good night, my website. Yeah. Don't forget my website, negosproject.com. The letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. Good night and God bless.
0: From goalies to ghosties, long leggedy beasties and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good
1: Lord.